This is the Monology Podcast. Monroe County, Ohio is my home. With your hosts, Mike and Joey. Well, hello, Mike. Well, hello, Joey. It's good to be here once again. Yes, on for Monology our... for our third episode. Our third episode. Yeah. How exciting! And I got to tell you, looking at the statistics, we are all over the country. We are uh, getting downloads in California, Oregon. Um, Wasn't there one in the Philippines? We had one in the Philippines. Yeah. Um, it's just amazing how it's blowing up. Just between February 27th and yesterday, we've had something like 700 downloads. Wow. Yes. Um, I didn't think we were that good. <laughs> me either. <laughs> <laughs> well, that makes two of us. It's curiosity. Yeah, that's what it is. Um, or nothing else to do because it's cold. Oh, that could be it. Uh, we'll so, start losing when people start mowing. There we go. Well, I don't know. I listen to podcasts when I mow. So, all right. Well, hey. So we're going to do a couple things. I uh, wanted to just take a moment to bring up some of the things that are happening this week around Morrow County. So some of the things, of course, I'm going to plug this one first. Mar Little Theaters Variety Show. It's a benefit for Matt Carey. We open the curtain Thursday night at. 7 p.m. Mm-hmm. at the Capitol Theater. It's uh, need ticket reservations online, through, and you can do that through our Facebook page. Then you'll bring that ticket reservation in, and it's a free will donation. So whatever you want to give, just feel free. So that is Thursday, March 11th at 7 p.m. There are still some seats left there. And then Saturday the 13th at 2 p.m., and that show is almost sold out. I think we are down to maybe seven seats as of this recording. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, now, I, can I ask, are they both the same show? They are, I think, one difference. One okay. will have Red Skelton, and the other one will have Mark Twain. Impersonator, not the originals. That would be a little weird. Yeah, we'd have to dig them <laughs> up. Uh, we'll see what we can dig this up for. All right, so just to also let you know, Headwaters Outdoor Education, they're going to be doing a workshop, Rain Barrels and Rain Garden Workshop, it's called. It says it's Sunday the 14th at 2 p.m. at Headwaters. Um, headwaters, okay, okay. Yeah, and then, ooh, here we go, Maple Syrup Day. Oh, that's sweet. Oh, yes. Looks like it says it's happening now. Um, it is. It's happening today. 11.30 to 4, so you guys are going to miss this by the time you hear it. And I apologize for not getting it on last week, but, you know, things happen, I guess. Um, this week, Northmore Local School District is going to have a two-hour early dismissal on Thursday the 11th. They'll dismiss at two, at 12.30, I'm sorry. Uh, just saw that. And then a book talk at Cardington Lincoln Public Library, and that is Monday... The 8th at 4 p.m. And then it looks like um, there might be just a couple other things going on uh, outside of Morrow County. Um, so I uh, I would suggest folks go and look at uh, Facebook, check the events page, and make sure you click at the top where it says Discover Events. Make sure you click on This Week so you get the uh, earliest things to pop up and what might be actually local. And just to plug again, Johnsville Firefighters are having their drive through fish fry on Saturday the 27th at 4 p.m. at their Johnsville Fire Station. That sounds like a wonderful dinner. Yes, it does. And it uh, looks like there's going to be some office trivia from the show The Office. Did you ever watch that, Mike? I have. It's a funny show. 
It uh, is not my cup of humor, to be <laughs> honest. It's a, I, I just don't enjoy that. But for those who do at the Main Street Bar and Grill there in Cardington, in Cardington oh. yes. Uh, Wednesday, March 24th at 7 p.m., Dane Johnson will be hosting the office trivia there. So stop by. Again, that's at 7 p.m. there in Cardington at the Main Street Bar and Grill. And that's a fairly new business, and uh, we should be supporting our local businesses as much as we can. That is very accurate, because if we don't support them, they close up, and then we are required to go elsewhere if we want anything. That's true. So, keep it local, folks. Keep it local. Just uh, want to throw out another one here that I had already talked to, or talked about last week. Um, the Red Cross is still looking for volunteers. Visit redcross.org forward slash volunteer today. And Cardington Lincoln Schools are still holding their kindergarten registration and screening for the 2021-2022 school year. It's by appointment only. Please call 419-864-6692 to schedule your appointment today. Okay. This week's Morrow County Flashback, brought to you by the Morrow County Historical Society. Well, Joey, do you know anything about the first bank robbery that happened in Morrow County? I absolutely do not. Well, I gotta first of all give credit to uh, my source, and that was uh, a book written by Charles Mosier uh, called Lest We Forget. It's uh, Vigenettes of Morrow County, Ohio. And uh, the first bank robbery that uh, was recorded anyhow, I'm sure it was the first one. Um, I'll just read some excerpts from his article. So when when did this take place? Just Na- curious. 1933. 1933. Yeah, See, that's I before my time, too. <laughs> Not much, but no, I'm kidding. Um, I would have anticipated it to be like, you know, like Jesse James days or something. Well, but. it's close to Jesse James type person that did it, and we'll find out later on in the article who it was. But no, it was in the 1933. Of course, during the Depression, people were desperate, and uh, withdrawals of money from banks are everyday occurrences, but never before in Morrow County had there been one so highly publicized as the withdrawal that occurred in Cardington on July 14, 1933. Mabel Teat, home from Bowling Green University, walked purposefully from her father's farmhouse along County Road 166 and then northward along South Marion Street toward the Citizens Bank, where she had a summer job as a bookkeeper. As she approached the bank, she was surprised to see customers waiting to enter the bank, since it was past the opening time. She gave them a pleasant good morning and expressed her puzzlement. Shading her eyes, she looked through the glass window. Seeing no movement, she went around towards 2nd Street to enter the bank from the rear. Parked there was a large automobile with out-of-county license plates. She thought little of it, since visitors to the village were a common occurrence. But when she spotted two men, one in the back seat and one in the front, aiming what looked like machine guns out of the car windows, she knew at once that today was not going to be business as usual at the Citizens Bank. Remember, this is in Cardington. The men said nothing to her, merely giving her cold stares. Looking toward a window at the south side of the bank, Mabel saw a masked man looking at her for a fleeting moment. She realized her fears were confirmed. A bank robbery was in progress. Just then, two men bolted out the back door of the bank, one masked with a handkerchief and one whose smiling face was plain to see, and headed in a beeline for the luxurious car. One of the two men who had remained outside during the holdup was a lookout posted in a hallway across the street, 
Apparently, he had received a signal from the men in the bank and motioned the driver of their car to drive to the rear door. They roared off, driving west down 2nd Street and turned north on Park Street. Fearfully, Mabel raced around the corner toward the front of the bank and north to Main Street. The first person she saw was the postman, and then she saw Frank Thomas, the town marshal. Soon, Mayor Leland Eliga, that might not be the right pronunciation, appeared, and as he ran toward the bank, he saw the bandit's car pull off. Reports said they were headed west in a Hudson sedan toward Delaware. With a show of courage, the mayor leaped into his car and gave chase along Main Street. He didn't catch up with them as, as he soon realized the bank robbers were scattering roofing nails behind them as they drove along State Route 42. Nothing goes unnoticed in a small town. Mrs. Doris Hart, who lived on 2nd Street opposite the rear door of the bank, was able to give authorities more particulars. She became suspicious when she saw a car parked about 30 feet from the rear door of the bank and stepped out on her porch to investigate. One of the bandits in the car saw her and drew a shotgun. She stepped back into the house and they drove away. Frank Wooster, who operated a grocery next to the bank, was among those who had noticed a strange car driving around about 7 a.m. Inside the bank, Edgar A. Willits, the head cashier, was found lying tied. He had watched helplessly while a man called Desperate Dan in newspaper accounts was robbing the bank of about $8,000, a considerable sum in those days of the Great Depression. The Marion Star reported that three gunmen had broken into the bank overnight through a rear door on 2nd Street, leading to the director's room, and from there gained entrance into the other part of the bank. They were waiting with guns when Mr. Willits reported for work. They forced him to open the vault and then bound him. He was placed on the floor and guarded by one while the other two scooped up the loot. They took all the money in the bank except for a $500 coupon bond and two packs of nickels. Mr. Willits reported that his captors appeared to be young men and they spoke little, promising not to hurt him if he obeyed, but that he would be dead in a minute if he refused. Although bound, he was able to press a burglar alarm after the bandits left. The Marion Star reported it was the first bank robbery in Morrow County and the only one in the 39 years the bank had operated. The next day, they reported that the bandit car had been seen on State Route 23 just north of Waldo, with five men answering to the description of the robbers in Cardington. Sheriff Fred Struble said that the loot totaled $8,065.25. Desperate Dan continued to be in the news as his gang robbed stores and small banks in Indiana. On September 22nd, this bank robber, whose identity had not been established, went to Dayton, Ohio to visit his girlfriend, Mary Longnicker, at a boarding house. Becoming suspicious, her landlady, Lucille Stryker, alerted authorities. Detectives broke into Mary's room, covered the robber with a machine gun, and arrested him for the robbery of a Bluffton, Ohio bank in May. That is what a tale. Well, I haven't. I haven't revealed who it was yet. It was while the bank robber, at this time using the name John Hall, not Desperate Dan, the label given him by news, news reporters, was still in custody that Ed Willits, head cashier, and Mabel Teat, youthful bookkeeper, were summoned to Dayton, Ohio, to attempt identification in the lineup. Both recognized one of the men as one of the robbers in Cardington and pointed him out. It was then that they learned that the mystery man at Cardington was none other than... John Dillinger. America's, no way. America's most wanted bank robber. John Dillinger. In Cardington, Ohio. Wow. <laughs> you know, I'd always heard that um, some of 
You know who I'm talking about. I do, but I can't I can't tell you his name. Al Capone. Yeah, Al Capone, yeah, that's right. Al Capone actually had gone through this space and there was rumor that he actually had visited some of the places in, in Bucyrus that mm-hmm. were used as speakeasies. You know, the underground spaces. And there were rumor about that. And there's actually a place up there called Dillinger's. Yes, there is. Around that. Yes. How neat. Yeah. And once again, I do want to give credit to uh, Charles Mosher, who has since passed on. Uh, This was taken from his uh, book, Lest We Forget. Wow, what a fantastic tale. Wow, and they were very detailed. Oh, yes. From Park Street to 2nd Street. And that is just utterly amazing. Yes, it is. It's very amazing. I want to challenge anybody from even in the state of Ohio. Let us know where you're from. Email us at marology at gmail.com and just drop us an email and say, hey, this is where I'm at. This is why I'm listening. We just want to know. You know, how did you get where you are? Did you guys move out of state or what? And then, you know, what made you want to listen? There are five downloads in California, five in Oregon, and eight in Washington State. Wow. But think of all the people that have left Morrow County and are right. out there and curious about what's going on back at home. Yeah. And, you know, we had, um, there's nobody in ca- uh, Canada or Australia right now. It does show you that info. It's just amazing to me that we're seeing these kind of numbers already. We're going to try and make this podcast come out every Monday morning as long as I can get it edited because trust me, Mike and I need to do edits. <laughs> <laughs> if they only heard everything, uh, they yeah, they'd understand. If they only heard everything, this podcast would be two hours long. That's true. So we also want to hear from anyone out there that wants to say, hey guys, can you talk about this? I heard about this. We'll see if we can't dig up some information. When I say dig up, I mean Mike will dig up some information with his contacts. <laughs> well, Mike has people with the historical society that will dig up the information. Yeah, but we'll we'll try to figure out, you know, where that story came from or if there's any truth to that story. Going back to the story, Mike, that you told was just so cool. And then off air, you just happened to mention that there were reports of of John Dillinger staying where? At the Harding Hotel in Marion at the same time that this uh, robbery happened, yes. And that, I think, is just so neat to talk through. And, you know, we know that going through the area that most of these guys had passed through to Chicago. Sure. You know, back and forth. Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of interesting because, again, that adds to the history of Morrow County, the stuff that we really don't know because I did not know about that before. I'm sure there are lots of folks out there that didn't. What? Let's see. What do we got going on this week? Oh, Mike, the wife and I took the kids Friday night with our um, sister-in-law and with my sister-in-law and brother-in-law and my nephews to see Tom and Jerry at the Capitol Theater. Yes. And let me tell you, that um, that cat and mouse game, it has not changed a bit. Even with the new um, way that they did it, still phenomenal. But it was super cool. Super great story. The the Capitol Theater, fantastic gem right here. Oh, in it Murray is. County. It is. The atmosphere. And then, of course, I think that... that Two best people who could have bought that, Ben and Carol. They've done just such a good job there with, you know, keeping it going, keeping it updated. And they're very uh, community-minded. Very, very. And uh, so I know this is the last weekend, and this is Sunday that we're recording this, and so Tom and Jerry uh, will be disappearing. We do know what show's coming, or what movie's coming this next week. Raya and the Last Dragon. It's a PG movie. Pretty cool story. So it says, Long ago, in a fantasy world of Kamadra, humans and dragons live together in harmony. However, sinister monsters known as the Drun threaten the land. 
The dragons sacrificed themselves to save humanity. Now, 500 years later, those same monsters have returned, and it's up to a lone warrior to track down the last dragon and stop the drun for good. It had a pretty good storyline to it, um, or at least in the video, in the, you know, the preview. It looked pretty good. It really, really did. So that'll be exciting in that I don't know if it's brand new out in theaters next week or if we're getting it a week or two later. Ben and Carol have been doing a pretty good job of trying to get latest shows out. And it's important that we support our local folks and, and these folks have done a super job with the theater. Why go out of town when you can see it here in, in Morrow County, in Mount Gilead, at probably a lower price than if you go to one of the surrounding uh, cities? A lot lower. So, you know, right here I'm looking and it says matinees are $3 and that's anything before the last movie, I believe. And then evenings are $4. Oh, wow. So literally, um, Isaac uh, was old enough to for us to have to pay for him to get in. It was uh, $12 for the three of us, and then the girls are free right now. Um, so that was not bad, $12 for us to see a movie. I mean, it would be 18 for one person mm -hmm. if we went to a larger theater. And, you know, it's nice being close to home, especially with the kids. Um, so if you have not already, go out to Facebook and like the Capitol Theater and uh, take a visit there today. It is a great place to watch a movie in town. Our 2020 season was supposed to be The Curious Savage. Um, Susical the Musical. Susical the Musical. We were going to do 1776 mm -hmm. and we were going to do um, It's a Wonderful Life. You know, that wow, 10 year anniversary season. And of course, COVID ruined that for us. So we thought, hey, again, in this, you know, this year in 2021, that's, we're just going to push the whole thing off and we'll do that again. Well, Curious Savage isn't happening in its place. We're doing the variety show benefit for Matt. We are still working. I can't share yet, but we're still working on trying to replace Susan for this summer we just don't feel that we can have a large musical uh, right now with all of the things that we would need to do so we just can't do that uh, what we are working on with the governor just um, releasing some of the restrictions and the public health declarations that have been made we may be able to hold a show this fall and I'm hoping, fingers crossed, 1776 will be that show. Um, it takes, I believe, 26 men and two women for the cast. But it is a, it's a, it's got great music. It's a great story in this fall. And then I'm also hoping that I can direct "It's a Wonderful Life" this December. Again, we'll we'll see where we go. Locally, it looks like the COVID cases have kind of dropped. Yes. Uh, drastically, or stayed pretty steady. Um, and I got my notice the other day from Ohio Health that, that I'm eligible to get uh, get the shot. So. Yes, so <laughs> now you're in that class 1C, so anyone 60 and older, uh, folks are eligible. And now with Johnson & Johnson coming on, you know, they're going to be just opening the floodgates here. I would anticipate that by the end of May, the floodgates are going to be open right. and vaccines going to be open for everyone. I know I just signed somebody up today to get a message from one of the local uh, pharmacies as soon as he could. He's eligible age-wise now. I think that's just about it for this week. We're closing in on time, and uh, 30 minutes goes quickly. It does. It does. It goes quickly. Folks, again, please reach out to us. Let us know if there's something you want to hear about, you want to know about, or, hey, I heard that this happened. Can you validate that this happened here in Morrow County? You know, last week we talked about Johnny Appleseed. This week we talked about John Dillinger. Who knows what Mike's going to do <laughs> uh, and what he's going to share. I will share. tell you. 
And it's true, he didn't. He didn't tell me anything about today other than it was a bank robbery. If you uh, want, please, guys, reach out to us at Morrowology so that we uh, can find out from you what you want to hear. This is a show for Morrow County about Morrow County, and it's all about you. And in the near future, we will start having some guests on. We're just... Um... Working on getting, working towards that. Should we talk about that at all? I don't know. Well, okay, let's do it. So we, <laughs> let's talk about this. So we are. Um, I opened the can. Let's go. Yeah, why not? We are working on, in a location that's not uh, going to be very friendly to bringing folks in and distancing. So what we're going to do is we're going to work on getting another location and getting it up and running. But there's some things we need to do to it first. Uh, but we will be bringing some folks in. Yes, and we've had a lot of interest from folks wanting to come in to talk about their cause or their uh, organization. And we want those people to be on. We're just not ready yet. But we will be soon. Our goal is to bring you people in the community that, just like ourselves, have some sort of passion that is is that has driven us to... Uh, want to make a change and a positive change. And uh, there's been some folks reach out to us that want to be on. And we want to get them on to share, you know, their passion and get that information out there for, you know, the fun things that are happening out in Morrow County. So with that, Mike, is there anything else we need to cover? I think that's about it for this week, Joey. All right. Well, for this week on Morrowology, I'm Joe. And I'm Mike. And until next time, happy trails. Justin in the studio, the Hometown Hero Veteran Banner Project is underway. On April 17th, if you arrive at the Williamsport Grange Hall, and that's 42 north of Mount Gilead, 6251 County Road 20, that is Mount Gilead, you will be able to sign or sponsor a person for the banner uptown. And if you remember, this is it goes... All the way through Mount Gilead, they've had to add a whole bunch of banners or signs over the past couple of years because it's gotten to be a huge project. Uh, this will be a drive through registration. It starts at 1030 and goes to noon while supplies last. Just know it has been selling out very quickly in the past couple of years. They didn't do it last year due to COVID, but they're bringing it back this year. Just know it will go fast. You want to get there as soon as you can. Uh, they have 112 uh, banners along um, Main and High Streets in Mount Gilead, um, and it is it is just fantastic to see. Again, that is April 17th, 10:30 to noon, while supplies last. I highly suggest you get there sooner than later. And this is a drive-through event due to COVID. Please, um, you know, be aware that vet, uh, volunteers will be wearing masks. And they are asking that you stay in your car. The volunteers will come to you to um, get everything uh, set up for your banner. And just know what they're looking for here. If you're interested, please come prepared with the following information. The correct spelling of the veteran's name, the veteran's branch or branches of service, when the veteran served, so what war or if during peacetime, uh, what years, a quality hard copy on photo paper of the uniformed veteran on photo paper. So that means they want you to have a very nice quality photo. Please do not make this your only copy. They need this copy so that they can get them made. Sponsor payment is $48 for this. These photos will not be returned. So the, the picture of the veteran that I talked about earlier, it will not be returned to you. It will be archived by Williams Park Grange. So please bring a copy of a photo that you want to have added to the banner. If you have any questions, please contact 
the Hometown Heroes Veterans Banner Project uh, by calling Donna Carver at 419-560-8100. Again, call Donna Carver for any questions about the Hometown Heroes Veterans Project. Uh, it is 419-560-8100. If you would like to contact the Morrow County Historical Society, you can contact us at morrowcohs at gmail.com. That is morrow, M-O-R-R-O-C-O-H-S at gmail.com. Or you can write us at 17 West High Street, Mount Gilead, 43338. Or you can also contact the Morrow County Historical Society on our Facebook page.